2: At least
3: that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time.
4: And he came this morning. You can touch him and see. You can feel how warm.
0: Oh, he's boiling. He's burning up. The temperature
4: is 40.1 degrees Celsius.
0: An inn is lying on a table in A&E. The door is open to the hot African day outside.
4: So since three days ago, he started developing fever. Then he started feeling pains in the joints, in the stomach, uh, in the chest.
0: Anin's problem is being discussed far and wide.
4: Let's
1: even just talking about adults who have it. One person once said, look, you feel like you want to die.
5: So the the life cycle is, the female mosquito takes some blood and uses the blood to make a very rich kind of an egg. How do we stop a disease, a deadly disease, that's spread by mosquitoes?
0: Anin has malaria. He is at the end of a circle of events all those people are trying to break. But how do you stop a disease that's carried by mosquitoes? the population of which is calculated at about 100 trillion. To tackle a problem like this requires good ideas, science and lots of money.
5: This is my fake mosquito.
0: Eamon Kyo has a good idea.
5: This is vibrating like a mosquito wing would vibrate very, very fast.
0: Professor Chiri Agbenyiga has the science.
5: The
1: genetic makeup of parasites is so complex that it's difficult to put out a vaccine that would attack the whole organism and
0: this man has the money
4: of course we need drug companies uh, to give us their expertise uh, we need rich world governments to be very generous in in providing aid for these things and so these-
0: bill gates also has the passion he wants malaria gone and believes it can happen within his lifetime
4: that we will be able to eradicate
5: malaria
0: i wanted to find out why malaria remains such a big problem and to meet those trying to find solutions to a disease that is 35 million years old. So, armed with anti malaria pills, an insecticide treated bed net, and mosquito spray that could strip paint, I set off for Ghana in West Africa.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, and welcome to the local here. It's just
6: approaching.
0: I'm in a Gogo Regional Hospital in central Ghana.
6: I studied at one year in Belfast and I picked up such a, a strong accent from there that for years and years it's only the Ghanaian accent which has washed the Irish accent away. <laughs> the, the, the Belfast accent was terrible. My brothers were laughing and saying, You don't know how to speak English. What are you speaking? What language is that?
0: This is the location of one of 11 trial sites for the RTSS malaria vaccine. So far, Bill Gates has given $200 million to develop the vaccine. Nestled in some green hills, the hospital is a mix of progress and something resembling a 1950s sanatorium. All separate buildings linked by roofed walkways. There are green spaces, rows and rows of washing, goats, pecking chickens, and even some incongruous peacocks echoing the cries of the children. There are people queuing everywhere, at A&E, at outpatients. But there is also a pervading sense of purpose and hard work. The paediatric ward is led by German doctor Teresa Rettig.
6: Teresa has been in Ghana for 16 years. And when I came to Ghana, I had no knowledge at all about malaria. From the book, yes, but from clinical life, no. My first experience was my own malaria. It was quite frightening it feels just as bad as a severe influenza in Germany where you have all body pains and aches and headaches and you feel very frightened so it was a very bad experience and that happened despite prophylactic treatment.
0: So what do you see on a daily basis at a go-go?
6: It's an ordinary district here we have a daily attendance in our under five clinic of around 200 children We have daily admissions of around 10 children per day and that doubles in the rainy season and that doubling is mainly due to malaria. Particularly the child under five who with malaria quickly gets very sick, quickly gets severe anemia and cannot eat and can get convulsions. They know the national program, they have access to the drugs and still still then children get so sick that they need to come to, to this hospital, come on admission. And um, the mortality rate has never been where we want it. It, it, it has been reduced, but it, it, it's still a mortality rate. When the children get malaria and it affects the brain and they get cerebral malaria, they have a higher risk. And even if they survive, they have a risk of permanent impairment. And then the anemia is, is a major issue. When they, when they get very anemic, time is of essence. So when they come from the hinterland and they take about 12 hours to come here because... The car isn't going at less than four in the morning or late in the night. Then time is of the essence and it can become very critical, that it becomes severely anemic and very, very breathless.
0: A figure from UNICEF calculates child deaths from malaria in Ghana at 20,000 per year. Agogo has a separate outpatient unit just for children. It's a large veranda where rows of wooden benches are crammed with parents and children. And this is where I meet Vincent. His son Harry has suspected malaria.
3: Yeah. So at this dawn it was very hot. So but during the daytime it, 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 it has it has come down. The temperature has come down a little bit. We, we we dip the towel into the water and we used to cover his body before the temperature happened to arrive. But it comes down. So that was what happened to him.
0: When did you notice the temperature?
3: The temperature was around around three thirty four o'clock at dawn. No, this morning. Yeah. We came you came here around 7.30 from Konongo. From the nest in Konongo. We've we'll been waiting for the past four hours. I if I may say. It's four It's barely four hours. Yeah.
0: Do you have a bed net at home?
3: Bed net, bed net. <laughs> before we were having but now we remove it.
0: Why did you remove your bed net?
3: They claim if they sleep in it is they feel very hot.
0: But it's a safety measure. Yeah, it's true. Would you rather
4: be hot or bitten? Sorry? <laughs> hot or bitten?
5: Ah,
0: Ghana is a country in West Africa bordered by Burkina Faso, Côte d'Ivoire and Togo. It is stable compared with its neighbours and I am struck by the mix of extreme poverty and extreme wealth. In the cities, there are cars everywhere and street hawkers selling food or hair pomade or maps or water earning about a dollar a day, throng around traffic lights, along roads punctuated by huge, secure, gated compounds. These buildings make Celtic tiger homes seem small. Professor Chiri Agbenyga tells me about Ghana.
1: The population of Ghana is about uh, 24 million. Uh, We gained our independence from the British in 1957. (laughs) In 1957, and uh, we've been... Trying to survive and to make it on our own, and uh, somehow we've we've made progress, but not as much as what I've loved to. Uh, It's mainly an agricultural country. We don't. There are a few industries, but not as much as we would have hoped for. So we only produce primary products. We export most of our, our, our produce, and it's mainly cocoa. And then we, we also have a lot of gold. So previously, before the independence, it was called the Gold Coast. But now it, it's, it was named after an old empire, the uh, Ghana Empire. And uh, a lot of people say that maybe we are going back and you know, not forward. That's how can, we are not progressing as fast as possible.
0: Professor Chiri Agbanyiga is the principal investigator at the malaria vaccine trial site in Agogo.
1: People are going to the moon. People are sharing what are with animals? Why?
0: For a disease to survive 35 million years, it has to be both complex and adaptable.
1: Uh, malaria is a disease which is caused by a small organism uh, known as uh, a plas- uh, Plasmodium. And there are four different types of Plasmodium. But uh, the most common one in, in Ghana and in Africa is what we call the Plasmodium falciparum. Now... It, it is carried by a mosquito, and you get malaria from being bitten by a mosquito which is infected with a plasmodium. When it infects you with a parasite, the parasite moves, or the, that is the malaria parasite, it moves through your bloodstream. It goes to the liver, then it invades your red blood cells. Your red blood cells are the cells that carry oxygen around your body, and it ends up destroying the red blood cells. Once it destroys the red blood cells, it releases some chemicals into the body and this is responsible for causing a lot of fever and a, a, a lot of malaise and uh, it includes headaches, joint pain, it, can, it, it, it keeps you out of work.
0: Back to 65-year-old Anin, feverish, exhausted and lying on a table at a go-go's A&E, the doctor looking after him is Samuel Ajay.
3: Three days
2: so since
4: three days ago, he started developing fever. Then he started feeling pains in the joints, in the stomach, uh, in the chest, in the head. Then he went to buy medication in the store, in the drug store, in town. But it didn't subside, and he came this morning. And when he arrived, we just checked the temperature. It's 40.1 degrees. And um, right now what we are doing is, because he's not able to eat properly, and he's vomiting also, Yeah. we detain, we do blood form. we take blood to the lab. We do
0: the recommended treatment for malaria is artemisinin combination therapy.
4: So either you give artesunate-amodiaquine combination, or atemitalumifantrin is also a combination and um, co cool formulated treatment.
0: The drugs are taken in combination to try to stop the malaria parasite from developing resistance to the drugs.
4: If they are vomiting, then we have the injectable. But normally, when they are not vomiting, we prefer to give the oral treatment.
6: There is no symptom for malaria that is unique for malaria alone and you know you have malaria. It doesn't exist. Even if I personally will tell you that I think I know when I have malaria because it feels so icky, But we know from, from studies that there's no symptom at all that is unique for malaria. And therefore, we have a lot of misconceptions. And
0: Of the children that are admitted on a daily basis, how many did you say were admitted on a daily basis?
6: ten and in the rainy season in the so-called malaria season um, we probably admit up to 20 in a day
0: how what percentage of those um, admittances would be malaria cases
6: suspected malaria more than 50 percent and proven malaria 30 percent probably and also we have quite a number of children who did have malaria and then come after three days of treatment because despite the treatment their blood has dropped so much that they are severely anemic and then they need admission so you see, we, we always come back to anemia. Anemia is, is the main burden for our children under five, that the malaria causes so much anemia.
0: From Theresa's perspective, malaria is part of daily life for everyone in Ghana.
6: Um, it can affect everybody, and we have it all around the year. Though we have clear seasons where it is more prevalent when we have the rainy season, but we are in a so-called hollow endemic area, and we have it all around the year. You can't beat mosquitoes. They are more than you, they, are, they outnumber you, they are, they are more smart than you. When you spray your room and there's a, a hole in the netting, you still can be bitten. Others would disagree
0: with Theresa.
4: Uh, I'm quite optimistic that we will be able to eradicate malaria.
0: One of the people Bill Gates has given his money to is in a classroom in Dublin.
5: So traditionally, uh, entomologists... We'll count insects by using one of few, a few techniques, one of which is called a sticky trap, which is exactly what you think it is. It's a piece of paper that's very sticky. You leave it in the field or next to a house. You come back next week and you count those um, little dots. The problem is, of course, that uh, twofold, one of which is it's actually hard to look at a sticky trap and count what's in there because it's, it's dead, it's all curled up, and um, it, it takes a skill at to actually do that. Another problem actually is that you typically will go and look at this sticky trap once a week, which is reasonably fine-grained, but mosquitoes often only live for two weeks as an adult. So by the time you actually have a dense sticky trap of a mosquito outbreak, the mosquitoes have already been alive, caused all the problems around the waning cycle. So that's actually a very slow system. And part of my motivation in what I'm doing uh, right now is to get real-time counts of insects. So instead of waiting once a week, to actually know minute by minute which insects we have. Sir.
4: Are there mosquitoes in
5: Ireland? Uh, good question. Uh, there are mosquitoes in Ireland. There's about 18 kinds of mosquitoes that live in Ireland. Uh, but don't worry about it, because it only matters if people in Ireland have malaria. Because what happens is the mosquito comes, and this guy here he has malaria, takes it from him, and then goes to you and then gives it to you. Mm-hmm. But if none of your friends or no one else in the country has malaria, then even if it bites two people, you won't get it. So there was an outbreak of malaria in uh, Cork, in the 1850s, a long time ago, a small outbreak. But since then, there's been no malaria in Ireland that I know of.
0: Eamon Kyo is back at his old primary school in Harold's Cross, giving a talk about malaria and his own invention, a sensor to detect and count malarial mosquitoes. Eamon was awarded $100,000 from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Dropping out of school at 15, Eamon went to L.A. to seek his fortune. After enrolling in night school, he eventually went on to earn a Ph.D. in computer science. The idea for Aim and Censor came from an unusual source.
5: Uh, it's kind of a conference of different things, but um, one of the ideas, one of the um, original inspirations was uh, an old spy movie where they showed how they could spy on an embassy. So the trick is that if someone's talking inside of a room, the windows vibrate very, very slightly. And a trick that people have been using for real uh, since the 60s is from outside the embassy or whatever it is, you can bounce a laser beam on the window, collect the signal... And as the window vibrates, it vibrates the laser signal, and you actually pick this up as sound when you capture the laser sound. So that's why, re- that's why um, in many embassies in the world, the conversations are actually held in the internal rooms, or they actually put speakers on the window with some random noise to uh, destroy the signal. So it kind of occurred to me, what would happen if an insect flew past this laser as you're collecting this sound? And what would happen is, of course, you would actually hear the insect, essentially. We need some power. Can you stand up here, for, uh, volunteer, just hold that, maybe stab it back to that whiteboard mm-hmm. and just uh, hold that. It'd be beautiful. Okay, and. Uh, actually, would you mind? Stand? Yeah, I'd love you. Just, just hold that. Cool. Actually, let's stand out so people can see. Perfect. Thank you so much. And we turn it on. Okay. So, right now, what we're seeing actually here is. All the brains, all the clever parts are actually hidden in here. But this wire here comes and it shines a laser, and you can see the red laser is shining here. And the laser light actually is bouncing off this thing, it's basically a bicycle reflector, and it bounces back to these little sensors here, these little light bulb things, and that measures how much light comes back. So if I move my hand slowly, and you listen carefully, you might hear a little blip. But if I actually make a, this is my fake mosquito, Let's try this. So you can actually see that this is vibrating like a mosquito wing would vibrate very, very, very fast, and it's being picked up and amplified by the sensor. Actually, let me try this. Uh, this is a tuning fork for music, and it actually is 512. That's a middle C, I think. It's actually is about the speed of a mosquito. So you can hear it now, but. Now I can't hear it anymore, If I'm a little bit deaf, and you can. But if I put it in here, just like a mosquito would bounce. Actually, if I do this in my lab, the mosquitoes in the little insect they go crazy. I think it's a, it's a female that- So it's, it's not true sound in that it's not acoustic, it's actually optical, but for all intents and purposes, it sounds like sound. You, you hear the sound of the insect, whatever it might be. And I realized this actually would let us collect the information from the insects. We could actually potentially at least count the insects, and then it occurred to me that maybe we could actually do more than that. So, just like um, different musical instruments have their own signature or tone, different insects I hoped might have their own signature or tone. And as it happens, that is largely true.
0: How will your sensor actually help in the fight against malaria? How will it help scientists?
5: I think a good analogy is to a stethoscope or a thermometer in a hospital. Uh, those things don't cure diseases, but you let the doctor know who is sick and maybe what they're sick of. And if the doctor has an intervention, like a drug or a treatment, he comes back a week later, he can measure your temperature, your heartbeat, and know if he's successful or not. So my sensor is similar in the sense that it doesn't do anything in terms of changing the insects, but it simply says where the problem is and if an intervention is made, how well it's actually worked. So if you imagine you have lots of these sensors spread over a, a village, what have you, um, they might initially report no insects or no dangerous insects for weeks or months at a time. And it's a report that in the north part of this village or some place, we have an outbreak of insects, it can tell you first of all very early. You can go intervene by many of these interventions, which include things like, you know, bed nets and um, uh, insecticides and various other things and then it can also tell you if you succeeded if the mosquito count has actually decreased because of your interventions
2: How are mosquitoes made?
5: Well mosquitoes are just, just uh, insects like anything else they simply breed like any other kind of animal is that, is that a question? I mean um, so the, the life cycle is the female mosquito takes some blood and uses the blood to make a very rich kind of an egg she lays the egg in a small pond of water has to be water doesn't move and then The mosquitoes live there typically for two or three weeks as the eggs get larger and larger and they hatch out and they fly away. Sometimes the eggs for mosquitoes that live in a desert, the the eggs actually live in a dry place for years and years and years until it rains. And then when it rains once in the desert, they use that bit of water and come to life and then fly away. So they're, they're very clever. They can really survive a lot of difficult situations.
0: While and sensor is like an early warning system to detect malarial mosquitoes and potential outbreaks, there are many interventions already in place to deter mosquitoes, one of which is the insecticide-treated bed net. But not everybody uses bed nets, and other uses have been found for them, such as wedding veils and fishing nets. I also heard that not everybody in Ghana has access to bed nets. In another village called Tabusum outside the capital Accra, I was invited to a malaria awareness class at the Behaviour Changes Centre with Gloria from Plan Ghana. With cocoa beans drying in the sun, the village smelled sweet and smoky, and the villagers had their own way of welcoming me. This is
2: very typical. Um, announcer, community announcer, calls people.
0: I asked the villagers how, how many people use a bed net.
2: Very few. <coughs>
0: they are being cajoled with their hands. I think far less than fifty percent.
2: They
6: are saying some of most of them don't
0: have it.
2: Why don't they have
6: it? What's happening to the They say they
0: don't.
2: They don't. They don't have access to the bed mates. That is why they don't have it and they don't sleep under it.
0: These people here are saying they don't have access to bed nets. I read in the newspaper here in Ghana yesterday, Voices for a Malaria-Free Future and the Health Minister of Ghana Mm -hmm. announced statistics Mm -hmm. saying that they were very happy with the progress of the rollout of the universal bed net scheme. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: The Ghana Health Service, in collaboration with its partners, has uh, plans to roll out the universal access to bed net. and we we plan as part of the the committee, which is planning to do that campaign, and it is called the Hang Up campaign. Soon, I, I'm sure, when? when are we, we, can start it. we? In some regions, we have they're done the hang-up, where every household, every sleeping place has a bed net. So this community is going to benefit, and every sleeping place will have a bed net hanged up by the volunteers. It's in July, 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 next month. But
0: even if you have a bed net, it might not stop you from getting bitten. Back at Ane in Agogo, I ask Anin if he has a bed net.
4: Oh, mosquito net with have got. be a with them. He said he has some and uses it every day. Yes. There be a. Okay.
0: Anin, what do you do? What's your job?
4: We are juma my We
2: are
4: doing farm. And he's also a mason.
0: So, are you outdoors a lot?
4: So, you know, the problem, the bed nets, most of the time, the mosquitoes are out right from dusk. And so, most people get into the bed net just, of course, when they are about sleeping. So, they might have stayed outside conversing and all that. So, that is the time the mosquitoes will get you. Um, so, despite the nets your your exposure is still always almost there. Yeah. Whether adult or child.
0: So really the best solutions could possibly be uh, get yeah. rid of the mosquitoes. If or we get could tackle
4: Yes. So that that's the prevention. To prevent bites or if you are bitten, you are so probably your immune system has been so boosted that mm-hmm. you would not get too severe a, a case. But Otherwise you despite the nets, despite the treatments, you also get bites. And environmental issues to prevent mosquito breeze is not easy.
0: Dorothy also works outside. She is a farmer's wife and has had malaria for the last month. I spoke to her and her husband Sapon at their home, a small apartment in a concrete compound away from their plot of land.
2: Yeah, so that's Sapon's house.
6: All of this Sapan's house.
2: Yeah, it's it's actually a compound house. There are other people living within the house, so it's only it's not only Sapan living in the house. We have separate apartments as you can see. Nice. Every door leads into different apartments. There are other people staying with them as well. Okay.
3: na I know who's so
2: she says that she first noticed that she had malaria when she started having severe headache. Um, normally when she's getting malaria, it starts like that, severe headache. Then she starts feeling bitterness in her mouth, and then it's followed by general weakness. Very, She gets uh, to the extent that she becomes so weak, she can't go anywhere, she becomes bedridden. And that is what has happened to her for almost a month now. She says that um, she can't eat that wool. Even if she drinks water, it's so bitter that she can't. She can't just take it. I know it's 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 very uncomfortable when you have it because her mouth is so bitter.
0: Who's looking after her children and who's looking after
2: the farm? Um she says it's the husband who is doing everything now.
0: And how does um her husband feel
4: me Um he says that um
2: it's it actually brought um lot of hardship on him because she was he was working with her now she's not with her, so he has to work hard, and also their capital has gone down. Now he has to go and borrow some money so that he can pay for the school fees of the children and also support the house. She says that um, when she went to the hospital, um, they gave her drugs. They also gave her injections. Um, That was when she went to the Bunfa clinic. Um, After that, what she's been doing is she's been um, using herbal treatment. You have leaves and stuff that she's been um, boiling and then she drinks it to cure the malaria. So that's what she's been using, the treatment she's been using. Because she doesn't have enough money to go to the bigger hospitals in Kumasi, you know, to uh, go for further treatment.
0: Dr. Teresa Rashikinagogo feels very strongly about local cures and those who sell them.
6: And... uh, we we consider them all to be um, charlatans because there is simple and straightforward treatment for malaria. So if you don't go for that, everything else is not acceptable. Herbal remedies um, include virtually everything, from just a soup of leaves and bark that the neighbor cooks for you, not really knowing what is inside, to companies which are registered and which. Um, for example, have quinine in it. Um, Virtually everybody has something and says, oh, that might be good for malaria, that might be good for malaria. But none of those are approved. None of those are approved as drugs when you have malaria. Do the families and parents have to pay for the treatment when the children are admitted? Ghana has the national insurance scheme for about five years now and the drugs are free for those families who have registered on the National Insurance, Health Insurance Scheme. Um, there are lots of efforts to have from our Social Marketing Foundation cheap and affordable and safe anti-malaria drugs. So just now they have launched a new product which is controlled, is, is of good quality, and that costs a little bit less than €1 euro for the whole course for one adult and for the child's probably in the same range, maybe a little bit less. So the drugs are available and are around those who are on the National Health Insurance Scheme. They are free. But health cost is not just the drug. It's always the cost of coming to the facility. It's always the cost of stopping your work, foregoing your income, and seeking help. And, and that's where in a district like this, or in rural Ghana, we, we do see the problem that it delays health care seeking behavior because people have to stop their work they have to pay the bus trip fare and then come and and uh, many patients try over counter drugs and that's where in ghana we also still have a problem because the the chemical shops licensed even if they are licensed sometimes do not give the drugs which are prescribed by the national malaria anti-malaria scheme A national health insurance programme seems like a progressive step in Ghana. We don't
0: have such a scheme in Ireland. It costs roughly $10 per person per year, and that covers hospital visits and medication. I also discovered that the families of vaccine trial participants get their health insurance paid for. There are 1,200 infants on the malaria vaccine trial in Agogo. The trial site is part of the malaria vaccine initiative between PATH, Bill Gates and GlaxoSmithKline. In the race to find a vaccine, this one is in pole position. I am interested to know from Chiri about the benefits for trial participants.
1: The idea behind these studies is that you don't want to coerce them. You don't want to give them incentive that would make them feel that, oh, because I'm going to get a big sack of rice, I want to enter this. But we we try as much as possible to tell them that this is voluntary and that you can decide even was it's going to stop. But once you start, we will not encourage you to stop because then it gives us problems. But we in our area have found a way not of giving them direct incentive, but when their other children get sick, they bring them to the hospital. So what we've done is to ensure that their insurance, the insurance for the family is being paid by us. So, But some of them, they didn't even want it, but we said no we won't be able to afford the drugs for the rest of the family. So we'll have insurance cover for all of you. And that is, I mean, it, it's, it's another form of incentive, but it's it is, it is not direct. So you, it, it is difficult to say you are being coerced or, or we are dangling a carrot in front of them.
0: I think it's a big enticement <laughs> to get your health insurance paid.
1: No, no, it's after. We don't tell you. We don't tell you that we'll pay your health insurance. Once you roll, enroll on it, then later on we do it for you. They may have heard that we are doing it for other people, but we don't tell you that we'll do it for it. And it wasn't a prerequisite at the beginning. It was when they were—I mean, at Christmas everybody gives out gifts, so they were sort of demanding, "Can we have this? Can we have it?" That? I said, "Look, what is the point in giving somebody rice within a month? It's finished. But then, if you have health insurance, then you can also save." You don't have to buy drugs and we give it free. So that money you can go into maybe four, five, six bags of rice for yourself. So that, is, that was the rationale behind it. And it's, it's, it's working nicely.
0: In simple terms, how do the trials work? Uh,
1: okay. The, the, to show that something is effective, you have to check how many times somebody will get malaria because we are talking about vaccine, a malaria vaccine. So if you check over a period as to see whether the person gets malaria, you find a number of times. Now, in each group, we'll have those who've had the vaccine and those who've had another vaccine, which we'll call the comparator. So between the groups, and the groups are selected randomly. You don't go and pick, choose and pick. So you select them in a random manner. So between the groups, you find out, how many episodes of malaria you've had in a group that is with the vaccine and then in the other group that doesn't have the vaccine how many episodes then you would compare and the statisticians will work out very nice formulas to to tell you that yes it is such a percentage effective then you also want to check safety so you are looking at the number of the, or the problems that will come up whilst you are monitoring them and if, if the issues that you think may not be related to the vaccine, you record, or may may or may not be related to the vaccine. So you record every incident of illness, no matter what, even if it's not directly related, you record it. Then at the end, you compare between the two groups again to see whether there's more in one group, whether it's the same, or whether there's less. So that will give you an idea of how effective and how safe. The vaccine
6: or a drug is. It's a child who is in the malaria vaccine study. You know that the vaccine study is double blind. Half of those who have vaccine to get malaria vaccine, half don't get. So with this patient, nobody knows whether he got the malaria vaccine or he got the placebo.
0: As Cherry has explained, all incidents of sickness for vaccine trial participants must be recorded. I am told that this trial does not use a placebo but a comparator. So while some infants are given the malaria vaccine. Others get a vaccine for tetanus or polio or rubella. There are three patients in the small intensive care unit. One has a snake bite, one has a heart condition and three-year-old Gladys, who is on the vaccine trial, has malaria. This
3: is our treatment room where we nest the critically ill patients. This is our malaria case that is Gladys uh, Nimako. So. The,
2: the mother is sitting
3: beside her.
4: So this woman, luckily she is from this same town. So yesterday, she noticed the child was feverish. Then along the line, she started having convulsion. So the child was rushed to the hospital. Because she's in town, the same town. He was able to get here on time. And then they were sent here to the hospital and ICU for management.
0: How is Gladys feeling now? I see she's awake now, but she she looks very sleepy.
4: She's still so drowsy. drowsy. Um TN can insanity.
0: But Madame.
4: No, she's much better. I didn't know
0: does she need a drip or a blood transfusion?
3: Uh, normally, those with very severe malaria, we give them uh, uh, 500 ml of uh, Destrocelli uh, to start with.
0: How long more will Gladys spend in the ICU? Yeah.
4: So it depends on response. The faster you respond, the shorter you spend here and then move to the world. Some can spend here for days, some will need to be transfused, monitored, make sure HB has come to a, a good level, the child is stable, can feed, doesn't need oxygen, and all those before they are sent to the ward. So it varies with severity and response to treatment. She has, actually, she has responded quite fast. Um,
6: yeah. She's very pretty.
0: Given that malaria has been around for 35 million years, myths and legends abound about the disease. One such is that it carried off Oliver Cromwell when malarial mosquitoes bred beneath Lambeth Bridge. Not so good for Oliver, but perhaps good for us Irish. Mosquitoes were also a deterrent for the white man in West Africa. Professor Chiri Agbanyiga explains.
1: And I don't know whether you've heard about the white man's grave before. The early settlers, when they came, To Africa the West Coast became known as a white man's grave because they didn't have any immunity and you get bitten and you 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 were just like a kid with no immunity so they got the severest form of malaria which is cerebral malaria and a lot of them died now they go to the east same part of Africa South Africa the climate did not allow mosquitoes to thrive so they did not die from malaria so that's why they settled in the highlands in Kenya and South Africa in the very cold places. But in West Africa, it was very difficult for them. And even some, some rebels, I mean, in, in inverted commas have said that we should make national awards of was the national order of the mosquito because he kept them out. <coughs> so not, not for that, no. <laughs> <laughs> they found a cure. Maybe maybe they should have come earlier, and then that would have made them look for because it's it's. I think with advancing technology, we may not be in a position to get rid of malaria. Because if it's been done in 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 uh, the West Rome in the states, then it's possible to to get rid of it.
0: Malaria is one of the oldest and deadliest diseases that has yet to be eradicated. There are many reasons for this. Vaccines can take decades to formulate and test and can involve up to 100,000 volunteers. Few vaccine formulas survive the clinical trial process. Dr. Samuel Ajay shows me around the vaccine centre at Agogo.
4: This is the vaccination centre. It's an extension of the hospital. Basically what we do here is vaccination... Um, immunization programs for the children, um, family planning services for mothers who need it, and then um, nutritional rehabilitation for undernourished children. So do, those are services we provide here. So the children who are also involved in the VA- Maria vaccine trial, they all come here for their vaccinations sessions.
0: This RTSS vaccine has been in development since 1987 and is now at a phase three stage. This is the final stage before being made available, and the date for this one is 2015.
4: The cold chain for the vaccine it has to maintain it within a certain range, right from production until it is injected. It has to be kept within that range, 2 to 8 degrees Celsius, and we have monitors. That always, you see, now it's 4.4 degrees. It has to be checked throughout. Both storage, transport, administration, make sure it's maintained.
0: Where is the vaccine produced?
4: It's produced from Belgium, GSK. This particular one is from GSK. That's
0: Glaxo Smith Yes. So it's transported from Belgium Belgium, all these thousands of miles and it has to remain at a constant
4: low temperature. And that's within that range of temperature, 2 to 8 degrees Celsius. If it goes beyond that, we can administer it.
0: From the shipment of the vaccine all the way from Belgium in cold storage to the preparation of the blind testing, the clinical trial is a painstaking process involving hundreds of hours of repetitive work by doctors, nurses, pharmacists, researchers, and, of course, the participation of very young children.
4: So, I, I think we are doing, she's done with the preparation. She doesn't even need to come here.
0: I witnessed the preparation of just one of many thousands of vaccines to be administered during this trial. So the nurse is taking some records. Um, she's the vaccine ready. So Joseph is about to get his jab. Two-year-old Joseph has been asleep. (laughs) It takes a while to wake him up before he is given his jab. Another reason for the delay in developing a vaccine against malaria is the fact that it is a parasite and not a virus. It is a very complex biological structure with 5,000 genes. No vaccine has ever been developed against a parasite, making the RTSS vaccine a massive breakthrough.
1: The RTSS is is from components of the vaccine. It's not just one component. So the R is a part of the Plasmodium, the organism, is a part of the organism. Then T is also another something else. S is surface antigen from hepatitis. So they've put together a few things, and that is why they call it RTSS. So it's just, it's more like a trade name. No, no, it's not a trade name, it's, the, it's, it's, it's a combination of various components. Of what has gone into the vaccine so that is why it's known as rtss because if we decide to string the, all the components along i would not even be able to <laughs> say it uh, mention it so rtss is, is just very simple mm-hmm.
0: Is it, it's a bit like coca-cola nobody knows the magic ingredient <laughs> uh,
1: yeah i mean somebody knows but they're not telling us
0: <laughs> has there ever been a vaccine against a parasite
1: no This is the first successful one. The genetic makeup of parasites is so complex that usually with a vaccine, you'd want to use a part of the organism that causes a disease to produce, to help the body combat any invaders that are coming to cause the disease. But if you have a parasite, there are so many complex parts of that parasite that it's difficult to put out a vaccine that would attack the whole organism and the parasites also have an ability to change or to mutate and that is also a problem so this is the first time we have a vaccine against the parasite and we are hoping it will not be the last time and again we are also hoping that this being the first one there will definitely be an improvement on this and I have a, a presentation on my on my computer that I usually show to uh, anybody when we are talking about progress. I show them the first airline from the Wright brothers. I show them some of the airlines that were in the early uh, 90s, right up to the jumbos that we have now. So we are hoping that the same will happen with the parasite vaccine, that will move maybe faster than the airlines moved, but then we'll get to a point where we'll have vaccines for a lot. The other parasites out there that would would, would want to come back. But this may be a template for developing a vaccine for them too.
0: At the vaccine centre, one mother, Grace, explains why she volunteered her child for the vaccine trial.
2: She's mentioned about the
4: one who came to their home. That is one of the field workers When they are doing home visits, the one who came there was called Esther. So Esther informed her about the trial. And that's how she got to be informed and came to
2: join. Like He's
4: been educated. So that education enables her to recognize signs of malaria so that she can report early to hospital. Her, so she knows that with that education she can take proper care and then also she was informed about the benefits of a child's immunity being improved.
0: Does Grace know who Bill Gates is?
4: What will be a friend Bill Gates?
2: Marty
0: Martina
4: he has heard but he doesn't know him. <laughs>
0: Do people here know about Bill Gates and his involvement?
4: Yes. What we know is that he's the major sponsor of the whole program. That's what we know.
0: Back to Bill Gates and his dream.
4: Uh, I'm quite optimistic that we will be able to eradicate malaria.
1: Well, if you have to dream, and it's a good dream. Now, the vaccine is not... The wherewithal for everything. We was we still have to continue with the other measures that help control malaria. We don't have to stop the bed nets. We don't have to stop the spraying. We good sanitation. That one we even have to speed up to ensure that the parasites are not the 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 mosquitoes are not breeding. And uh, other control measures that are targeting the mosquito, and I'm sure Bill is also involved in some of these. He's given out a lot of money to some of these things. So he's, 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 he has a good dream, and with effort, and the fact that if we have the vaccine, to if we add all the the, the, the guns, the big guns we have, I'm sure we'll be able to defeat it, and he will be a happy man. All of us would be, but it's, as I said, it's, it's a very, very good dream, and we are all hoping that it, it becomes reality.
0: In the initiative, you know, the pharmaceutical company is a pharmaceutical company; their business. Mm-hmm. So it has to be asked: what is in it for GlaxoSmithKline?
1: Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah, I can't tell. <laughs> but so far, all the indications are that they are—they are going. I mean, they are happy, quite happy, to go with what everybody's planning and to ensure that the vaccine when it's ready will be available and recently there was an item in the papers where they're saying that even a lot of they are not GSK but most of the drug companies are saying that for some vaccines and drugs they are only going to recover their cost which is a good thing they're not going to put a lot of profit on it.
0: So for the people that I've met on this journey People like Grace and Gladys, Dorothy and Sipon, Anin, Teresa, Samuel and Gloria. What impact could this vaccine have on their lives?
1: So far, with the tests that have been done over the last few years, I think that it has shown a lot of promise. And it's very good that it didn't start at the bottom. It says about 60, 50 to 60% effective. And that is a very good sign. If you consider that this is the first one, and there's room for improvement, it will be improved definitely with the way things are working. What we have now is good, but it is possible to have something better as we learn more about how this one is working. So I think it's it's a very good start.
0: I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's mm-hmm. potentially a Nobel Prize winning well,
1: development. Well, that, that would not come to me. <laughs> it is. I mean, if it, it would change the world so much that the those who brought it out should should be rewarded with a plaque or something. I mean, yeah, if it's Nobel, why not?
0: <laughs> malaria free future This is our dream Grow back malaria Children as like five Search and
2: destroy all their
5: bleeding places. Ah, oh, mosquitoes, like stagnant waters in ponds
2: and puddles, stagnant waters in cans and ties, stagnant waters in everywhere.
1: From home to home, from school to school, children are saying,
2: Give us early treatment
5: to send us
2: protection. But if malaria
0: attacks
5: for lack of protection,
2: give us early treatment to save our lives.